0: We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. It's another good one. I've been waiting to talk to Melanie Eustace for a while. And we just said, hey, today's a good day. And you know what? It's a perfect day to be talking and sharing with her. So Melanie, you're going to hear some words and you're going to be like, oh, so that's why she wanted to talk to her. Because Melanie is an energy alchemist with a big heart and a mouth to match. Oh my goodness, a girl after my own heart. (laughs) She helps you accept what is embracing your spiritual gifts in order to fulfill your purpose and authentically shine your light into the world the word is used a lot authenticity Uh, some people take it and then run with it sometimes in the wrong direction but we're going to get into that as well but before we get started i first say thank you thank you melanie for being here so excited for our talk
1: Thank you for having me. As we have already discussed, there's a great energy (laughs) jive in between us, and I'm so curious to see where we end up going.
0: Love. All right, everybody. I know you're probably driving or walking or maybe on the treadmill, whatever you happen to be. Buckle up is all I'm going to say, (laughs) because something tells me this is going to be on repeat for a while. First of all, tell us about you,
1: anywhere you'd like to start. I just want to say first, I love how you word this question. It is so beautifully open-ended. One of my biggest pet peeves is when we meet someone or we're asked to introduce ourselves. What do you do for a living? And Mm -hmm. that has very little to do with me as a human being. So I want to start with being a human being. Mm -hmm. That's the shit that lights me up. I love being here in human form. And specifically within the spiritual community, we hear a lot of people trying to escape humanity, trying to escape their bodies, trying to escape their experiences. And I believe that when we can accept what is in the mess, in the icky, in the uncomfortable, dive into those dark places where most people don't want to go and meet each other there, that's where the joy is actually rooted. That's where our truth lies. It's where the opportunity for healing and expansion starts. Mm. And we're so afraid to get into the messiness of being human that we're missing the gold. So it's how I live my life. And it's how I I work with others to just dive right into that juicy human experience and try and find the joy in all of it.
0: What did I tell you? I mean, we could drop the mic right now, but I do have a few questions. Love, love, love. Because, oh my God. Okay, start with how much time we do spend avoiding. What are we afraid of?
1: I think we are afraid of realizing our own truth, Mm. of looking ourselves straight in the eyes, right? Seeing that beautiful essence and fearing that it's not enough. And rather than take the risk, of seeing the truth that you're not enough, which is not the truth, of course, but that experience, we spend so much time, money, effort, energy, avoiding looking at ourselves, telling ourselves, oh, I think it's okay. If I just do A, B, C, and D, then everything will be all right. Everyone will love me. I will fit in. And what we're trying to avoid for the most part It's not the scary stuff. It's the gold, right? It's the beauty. It's we are enough. My deepest belief is that if you are here listening, if you are on this earth breathing, Mm -hmm. you're enough. That's it. There is nothing to do, to earn, to show, to share that's gonna change that.
0: That's beautifully said. I've honestly never heard it in that way before. And on the flip side of our fear of, not being enough, because we'll talk, we can jump into comparison and all of that. I think that also some people fear they're too much. Yes,
1: (laughs) I would be one of those people Uh that have been told you're too Uh much. Too much, too much.
0: Shrink it down, my friend. Take it down. Pump your brakes. You're coming in hot. Agreed you're just coming in melanie is in the room and guess what everybody knows it and the energy that she brings might be a lot for the others that are just used to coasting yes
1: i think that's a great way to put it i think the people who are irritated overcome whatever by too much in another mm-hmm. it's more often than not that they haven't accept the bigness the beautiful boldness mm-hmm. within themselves so it rubs up against that wound. Yeah. And that's avoiding seeing the truth of who you are. Yeah. When it's reflected back to you in another person. In Instead another person. You yeah. shut that down.
0: Again, it can be yin or it can be yang. It could be too much. It could be, you know, melt into the wall. I'm invisible. Don't look here. Nothing here to see. So, oh my goodness. I, it can go a thousand ways. But first, energy alchemist. Yes. Interesting. What does that mean? Every time I'm asked this, I have a different
1: answer. I would love to share just why I call myself an energy alchemist, which I think is more to the point, maybe. I am a psychic medium. I am an energy healer. I'm a Reiki master. I'm a certified coach. I have all of these labels that I resist. And over the years of doing this professionally, I have changed my title, changed my name, tried to find that sticker I could slap on that would just explain to everyone who I am and what I do. And I've come to the conclusion that there is no label that can do that because I am in constant evolution. But the best way that I can explain to others what I do is energy alchemy meaning that I work with energy, spiritual energy, physical energy, emotional energy, mental energy, and I help people to transmute it, to change it. So the whole alchemy originally was turning lead into gold. And so I help people with their energy on the multiple levels to change what is lead in their life into beautiful gold.
0: Everything that comes out of your mouth, God is it, is... <laughs> like that oh is Thank you. <laughs> it's it's perfect like perfectly laid out a great visual i um, visual in that respect and it's like now that makes sense but i also heard you say and you rattled off i'll say a list of you led with i ams because i think that's just the proper way but yet nothing is a defining label Amen. It it happens to be achievements. It happens to be things that you've learned. Mm-hmm. And you can parlay that into making a living. Thank God we live in the country that we do and we can. But people get stuck in the label. Yes. I'm just, ah. Are you? And I always, and my opening question is that I always lead with it. I'm always curious to see either where people will begin to describe themselves and how they describe themselves. And I always start with, I started here, this turnaround, you know, I started as a daughter and a sister and a cousin and, you know, on and go through my very long life of all the different roles that I've played and am still playing recently I think maybe four four or five years ago when my mother-in-law passed, I realized, I'm like, how did I become the matriarch of the family here? What's going on here? And yet something else to add to, I'll say, the resume of life is, oh, okay, then there's that. Been a thousand things, but at the end of the day, I'm Stephanie. Exactly. That's exactly
1: how I feel about it. If we are one thing and one thing only, that's not living that's literally hmm. showing up as a manifestation of a label that someone else probably created for you and that's not what i'm here for
0: so a lot of times we are as we're here and taught in our early life and it could be other people's belief and not even so much the people who raise you not even so much your your parents or you know your inner circle it could be you know prior generations of this is how they knew so they do what they know and then at what point do you say or at what point in your life were you like, hmm, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid or I know I've got this very special talent. Now what?
1: I do want to preface this by saying I don't believe I have a special talent. Mm-hmm. I think what makes me unique is how I embrace my talent and how mm. I openly share that.
0: Okay. Anyone
1: can do this. It's just embracing who you are and letting other people actually see that. That's mm. the kicker that I have found. Anyhow. That's
0: it, it makes again now that just totally changes all of it. Yeah. As opposed to, well, I, I knew I could, but I wasn't going to say anything because again, what would everyone right? think? And then they would, you know, look at me sideways and say, Oh, yeah. goody, here she is again, you know, that type thing. So was it a catalyst that let you embrace what you were given?
1: So this is, as it's been an evolution. So mm-hmm. I was born talking to spirits. I didn't realize that everyone didn't walk to school with their spirit guides. Like I had no idea.
0: Oh, how cool is that? In my
1: entire experience. And <laughs> it wasn't until I was probably, I'm going, like, I mean, I've always been the weird kid. Clearly, right? Because I'm talking to the people that aren't there thinking that's normal. I have Mm -hmm. always had a very unique sense of style. I have like in public school, I was obsessed with the fifties. So I'd wear saddle shoes, you know, and Mm -hmm. poodle skirts. And
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I've just always really had a strong sense of this is who I am rather than looking outwards. This is who I should be. I travel, I shouldn't say traveled. I moved um, 11 homes by the time I was 10. Mm -hmm. So constantly having to be the new kid inserted into an, already established group of people. I mean, I was always on the outside for a myriad of reasons. And I think that was a real blessing because I had to learn to be totally okay with standing on my own. And was it hard? Yes. Was it lonely? Absolutely. And I still have a very small circle of friends. But the reason why is because I am unapologetically me. And if you don't like it, that's cool, but you're not my people. And that's something that has just honestly, it's been with me my whole life. But like I said, it constantly evolves and I am always deepening into more so that that's okay and loving Mm -hmm. myself more in that rather than doing it and feeling bad about
0: it. What's wrong with me and where are they and why don't they like me? Damn it. Yeah. I mean, we all have that. That is Mm
1: a neat part of being human. It's Mm -hmm. not only that we want to be a part of the community, we need to. I mean, when we think when we're born, we need to be taken care of by others or we will literally die. That's built into our cells, into our bones. So obviously it's something we all yearn for.
0: But yet you learn your strength and and I'm sure it gets stronger and stronger as life goes on with, I'm good here. I'm good with me. And how much of let's go let's go down authentic lane sure. of being authentic. It's a practice. What Absolutely. are your thoughts? Do I think me about practice. authenticity and why it is more than a gym workout? So I'd say the
1: first thing that comes to mind for me around authenticity is that it's a choice. And it's a choice that I wake up and I make every single day of my life. Because some days it's easier. And I will actually, this is a bit of a tangent, since I know you're okay with tangents. Um,
0: I'm great with everything. You know that.
1: Even if I choose to show up one day, not as I truly am. Mm -hmm. If I am making that conscious choice, because I don't have the energy today to deal with the fallout, Or this person is really struggling and I want to give them what they need today, which is a little bit different than what I want to do. I think even that is part of being truly authentic. It Mm -hmm. doesn't have to bear our souls and let all of our flaws hang out 24 seven. It's just about showing up or choosing to show up to your life, to your relationships, to your job, to whatever, in a way that feels truly aligned with what you want, what you need, what you have to share. And again, that's going to change and evolve. So it's hard to even fit authenticity into that label or that box.
0: Correct. It's a tough one for sure. And then, I mean, right now, our world is beyond 24 seven. It is just information, information, information. Here's a video, here's a clip, here's a clip. And our attention span is decreasing as the day goes by. How do we step off the ride? How do we take a pause just to reground?
1: Okay, well, the first thing is to set up your systems in a way that don't deplete you so that you need to have a break. That's to me, the simplest way to do it. I hear horrible, horrible things all the time. I'm sure you do too, about social media. People are nasty. Everyone's gonna judge you. You know, you get canceled if you say the wrong thing. That has not been my experience at all. I choose to engage with and follow people that make me laugh, that light me up, that make me feel like I'm doing a good job in this world. And if I don't have a smile on my face when I'm reading your posts, I'm not going to follow you. Mm -hmm. Right. And I don't watch the news. I haven't watched the news, read the paper since I was in my early 20s. I can assure you to anyone who is listening, you will still know what you need to know. You will still be aware of what is going on without that. Part of the overwhelm and the anxiety issue that we have globally is that we were not meant to hold or witness or deal with the amount of information that is thrust upon us daily. We don't have the systems in place physically, mentally, emotionally to manage that, right? So- I don't engage with all the world's problems and issues. It's not that I don't care. I care deeply. It's not mm-hmm. that I don't want things to be different. I do, and I'm actively trying to change what I feel could benefit, but I'm not making it my responsibility to keep mm. track
0: of or change all the things. I think it's, it's almost a freedom that we forget we have. I can choose, again, a simple you didn't have a smile on your face when you read that post next swipe it keep moving and you will find the the cute kitten video or whatever it is you will (laughs) and (laughs) there and you know or you'll laugh at at the joke but instead of consuming instead of letting it even penetrate so choice well, I definitely I'm in your boat with news and TV. Actually, I do more streaming than not. And I barely even keep up with that. I I need like a, a snowy day to binge a, a series that everyone m- perhaps watched a year and a half ago. And I'm just, you know, catching up on it. It's not important. It used to be a driving right. force in my life. And years ago, I had broken my ankle and I was non-weight-bearing and I was in a very quiet season. I don't think I spoke for like the first week and a half that I was home from the hospital because I really was really trying to process what the hell I just did. And the fact that I couldn't walk, I couldn't move, I, I could move, but I couldn't like step out of my house without people helping me. It was just, it was a, a real mind fuck for me at the time. But- in that silence, I also stopped watching TV. And that was also after my first day home. I was on pain meds. I think I was watching HSN and who knew you could order stuff from the remote, <laughs> which I did. Uh, didn't certainly didn't, uh, wasn't really quite aware of the big boxes that arrived shortly thereafter and learned my lesson and said, Well, I'm not even paying attention to this. Let's. So I stopped like TV. We used to go to bed with the TV on. Mm -hmm. My room is now my sanctuary. It's like, this is my bed. I go to sleep in my bed. There is no noise here. Nope. Keep moving. And it just frees up so much. And it gives room for wonderful ideas to come through. Agreed. And I'm not against TV. I actually am Mm -hmm. one
1: of those people who watches a show every Mm -hmm. night with my husband. Mm -hmm. It works beautifully for me. Some -hmm. people it does, some people it doesn't. But again, I think it's that mindful choice of when to engage, how to engage, to only engage with that which brings you joy, right? That's what, I mean, this whole podcast is about finding the joy. If you are sitting down to numb out, to avoid, to distract, That is a totally different experience than choosing a show that really lights you up and spending an hour doing that.
0: Perhaps we're someone who might be at our, you know, we're just, we're done. We can't zoom anymore. We're just not happy in probably our choices. But now they're listening a little curious. What? There's another way? I don't (laughs) have to be like this. I can, but... How do I even begin?
1: Yeah. And that is such a beautiful question. And I think one of the places we really need to start is getting clear on what we actually want. I mean, we often show up to our lives for other people because we want to be loved. We want to be accepted. We want to be included. We want that self-worth to be validated through our experiences and our interactions And that is all, or can be beautiful. But when we're doing it again on autopilot and we're not actually pausing, does this bring me joy? Mm -hmm. Is this fulfilling me on a soul level? Is this leading me towards the person I truly wanna be in this lifetime? We often don't pause to ask those questions. So how the hell can we fulfill our purpose in life, our life's mission, if we're not even present For the process of our own existence and i think that's the problem like you said earlier we've checked out Mm -hmm. and how we start to come
0: back is do i actually want this simple sentence simple question but that's one that might sit some people back like there are times where i'll be like yes i want to do this okay like first question i'm like i tap out i'm like i'm out nope because it hurts my brain sometimes it hurts my brain that I don't know how to answer it. And it could be something, honestly, as simple I was just redoing my, speaking of social media, I was just redoing my Instagram profile and I'm writing some things based on some questions that I found. And like question two, I could sit there for two hours. I'm like, oh, it's forcing me to stop and really think about something about me because I don't think about me as much as I should. And that's that's sad. And I don't mean that
1: in like feeling Mm -hmm. no no no, I got you. You're a powerful force to be reckoned with. (laughs) But it's a little sad because you You are why you're here. We're not here to serve others. I know know a lot of people will get their feathers ruffled over that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do not believe that our purpose is to serve others. I believe that our purpose is to serve ourselves, to show Mm. up as this authentic, unique, special light in this world. And when we do that, we inadvertently heal and inspire others to show up as their beautiful, authentic light. And I just think, If we can just pause for a moment and think, if every single person in the world got up in the morning and said, what can I do to make myself happy today? We wouldn't have most of the problems our world is facing right now because everyone would be so focused on bringing joy into their existence. Right. We just bounce joy off of each other. And when we had a, a down day or a day where we couldn't do that for ourselves, we'd be so filled with joy from the other days that we would have so much energy to lift the other people up. Mm. wouldn't be draining it. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be fighting. We wouldn't be comparing ourselves to each other. And I know a lot of people disagree with me on that, but it's truly what I believe. And it's I've seen it be transformative in so many people's lives when they just put themselves first.
0: Something that sounds so easy and no, it's not <laughs> lost along the way because I know I started seeing it, And it, so I'm 62, my kids are adults, but definitely when I was raising kids, I just saw this shift of, you know, like as parents, you're, you're their 24-7 servant of, oh, good, you blessed us with your presence today. And today I'm going to be responsible for this experience and that experience not with my kids. I'm like, listen, guys, here's what you're doing. And here's what we're doing. We'll go, we'll discover, we'll teach. But the kitchen's that way. And I'm going to teach you how you can make your own sandwich. Here's how you make the mac and cheese. You Mm -hmm. need these skills. I'm not here to serve. And we've got a lot of people out there that are used to being served.
1: Oh, my husband's one of them. (laughs) I'm intimately familiar with those people. (laughs)
0: Perhaps, perhaps, you know, one or two, but I I just laugh because obviously, again, I was raised in a very different time that I think my parents would like fall off their chairs laughing if I would expect that yet. We did, but we were also very self-sufficient and we can and We can figure and we can pivot when shit happens, and we're like, okay, well then let's try it this way. Not, you don't get frozen. It's not like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, what are we gonna do now? What? I'm like, all right, uh, let's think about this. This is, you know, this is gonna be a great story to tell in a little while. But right now, (laughs) we've got to solve this problem. But you have to rely on yourself. We do. And I mean,
1: not all the time, obviously, Mm -hmm. asking for Mm -hmm. help and receiving help is part of it. Oh, big. But Mm -hmm. one of the things I think that often gets missed with constantly doing for others, and I've worked with so many women where that is Mm -hmm. their issue, constantly giving, 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 because that's where they feel their value lies. But when we constantly do for others, we're taking away their power. Mm. In an inadvertent way, we're saying, I don't know if you can do this, so let me do it for you. If we can just let people try, struggle, Mm -hmm. they are going to gain so much more long-term success from that experience than from us swooping in and fixing everything. And the reason, well, one of the reasons why we hesitate to do that is because it's hard to watch the people we love struggle and fail, it, it feels better for us to make everything okay, Correct. right? Correct. Especially Correct. the children. Yeah. But I can tell you that, and I'm sure you know this too, is being a mom and and letting our children really fuck it up. Mm-hmm. I feel that my purpose is to be that safe space for them to come back to after that happens and help them figure out how to put it back together. It's not my job to prevent it from happening in the first
0: place. A hundred percent. And yes, when the choice didn't quite work out, then absolutely come on back and regroup. Let's throw some ideas around and see which one might work. But they have gained the knowledge of this is really sucky. I really don't want to feel this way again. Perhaps next time when they're at that fork in the road, that left turn will be like, you know what? No, been there, done it, didn't work out well. Guys, let's go in this direction. And that is something that you learn through that experience versus let me break your fall.
1: Yeah, it's the only way to truly embody that knowledge to Mm -hmm. have it ready for next time. And in addition to that, they learn, I can do this on my Mm. own. And I cannot tell you how many times that has been such a blessing for me. Not that I need to do it on my own. Not that I necessarily will choose to do it on my own. Because most times I don't. But my goodness, knowing without a doubt that whatever is put in front of me, I have the capacity and the ability to figure it out. That's just such a gift to give to someone.
0: Very, very powerful. And again, we do do a disservice not that we don't believe in them, but it is, it's our comfort zone. Again, it all, it all, it always, I always tell everyone, like, it's not about you. It's always about me. You know, everyone's like, well, no, no, no. It's about me. Which is ironic because we
1: do make it about ourselves, but we make it about (laughs) ourselves in a way that is not helpful. (laughs) Correct. We could just choose to put ourselves first out in the open and avoid all of that baggage and stagnation and blocks. So,
0: oh, my God, it's so funny. It's, again, I'm sure a thousand people out there are shaking their heads like, you know, yes, guilty. Yep. uh Uh-huh. Goal. Start In that one. (laughs) Guilty. We we won't. We've all done it. You know you've you've even when they're small and learning how to walk, and you've grabbed them by their their clothes to hang. so this way they didn't scrape their knee or mm-hmm. whatever it is. But you have a couple scars, and it's a good reminder. and And when you do accomplish it, you're walking on a cloud,
1: yeah. And another thing that I found made it more challenging to do this, especially mm-hmm. when I had littles. Was the judgment of other parents? Ah, oh,
0: aha! Uh-huh. Here we go. I remember mm-hmm. very
1: clearly this one day. My youngest was probably three years old at the time, and mm-hmm. a bunch of kids were playing on the playground, and the moms were, you know, a few meters away, just chatting. And she had climbed to the top layer, and she had fallen off onto the the rocks, mm-hmm. and I just watched. I was mm-hmm. fully aware what have happened, but I didn't know if she was hurt, if she needed me. And she got up and kind of mm-hmm. dusted herself yep. off. And one of the other mothers turned to me and gives me, you know, mm-hmm. the, the look over. The look. She rushes uh-huh. to my child, scoops her up, mm-hmm. rushes her back and goes, she needs her mother. And I'm like, actually, mm-hmm. she was doing great without me. Yeah. <laughs> and what have you just told my kid? Right. Yeah. And so then even though I was in that moment and I am far from a perfect parent, but in that moment I was giving my child exactly what she needed. I then right. felt shame and judge because all of the other moms thought that I didn't care. So there's all of these layers that make it more and more challenging to truly yeah. be authentic and show up in the way that we want to, and that we believe is right for us.
0: Well, again, the mom shamers, and we always talk about the judging with judgers. Again, who are we to say? And a lot of people don't even hear what they're saying, they just spew it. Speak to me more about that, please. I want to hear. You know, it's, I'm in the club for sure. From, I know the way I was raised, and we are observers. And we verbalize our observations and our opinions about what is going on but i have worked really hard and i don't think i'm obviously half as judgy i'll say as my sister who doesn't hear a word she you know i'm like ooh, that's judgy like who are you to say you know what they're doing stop watching people if you can't do it without saying something type thing or like, oh, did you just see that bird? Like, I am not. I watch people, but I'm not standing in judgment of, oh boy, oh yeah, no, something bad's gonna, I'm just watching people just to see what they're doing. But others are, you know, they want their scorecards out. That was a nine. That was a parent fail, you know, whatever it is, who are we to say? Walk in my shoes, see it from my eyes, and then let's talk about it.
1: Yeah. And I think part of the issue with that, and I again, I'd love to hear your opinion on this. We are wired to judge biologically. Mm -hmm. Is this safe to eat? Is it safe to cross this bridge? Like there is a biological component to this that is necessary. But then there is also this, you know, social emotional side of we want to not judge. We don't want to be me. We don't want to be that person. And it creates this conflict because our natural instinct is to judge, but we don't want to be judgy McJudgerson. Is that what Judgey, you call it?
0: Judgy McJudgers. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So where I have found that balance that works for me is mm-hmm. moving discernment. So judgment for me is right or wrong, good or bad. Correct. Oh, is a parenting fail or you just rock mm-hmm. And discernment for me is more of that detached observation, like you were saying, just observing, Mm -hmm. saying, oh, I see what happened there. That doesn't feel good for me. Or that feels amazing. I would like to try that. And it's more about an individualized approach of would I like to incorporate more of this or would I like to release Mm -hmm. this in my life? Mm -hmm. And then you're not judging the person. You're witnessing the action and the outcome.
0: Very different. Mm. And it feels
1: lighter, more joyful.
0: I was going to say, very, very different. I know with me, a lot of times I really head to compassion only because how someone has reacted to something or whatever, whatever I've witnessed, I'm not judging them on, wow, that was pretty shitty what they just did and they shouldn't have done that. More of, oh you know what, they probably, you know, maybe growing up, it was a little tougher. I mean, I can write this whole compassion little saga in my head and that it, it just alleviates the need for Simon here, uh, the voice or whatever show, he, uh, America's Got Talent, <laughs> wherever he was, to say, oh, that was pretty bad. No, just, oh, you know, well, probably maybe something, you know, happened along the way. And maybe that's why people act that way. I do that as well.
1: Yeah. Going to the childhood
0: trauma, right? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I go right there. I go absolutely right there. But, and it's not every time, everybody, but it's, it's just, I think it's almost like I'm giving them some compassion and just I Beautiful. total stranger, random, whatever, but let me just pass a little on to you and maybe that might help.
1: Yeah, I love that. And another thing that I find kind of plays into this, at least in my perspective, is that I believe on a soul level that we are meant to experience certain things in certain lifetimes. Mm. And I truly believe that if something has happened to you, That's because it needed to happen to you. Mm -hmm. And again, sometimes when we jump in to change, to react, to judge, to do, even if it's to help, right? With that beautiful, compassionate intention, we are taking that person off of their own personal path. And sometimes we have to go to the not so savory places, right? To those, Mm. not the person we want to be experiences in order to truly see things differently and to heal and to shift. I know that certainly has been the case in my life. I've done a lot of shitty things, things that I wish I hadn't, but my God, were they ever transformational when I got to the other side? Mm -hmm. And again, that's bringing it back to us. I think I know better for that person. It's all about me, me, me. Really? Yeah. What do I know? Other than myself, I really know nothing.
0: You know you. Melanie knows Melanie, Stephanie knows Stephanie. And Mm. I look at also really for either something that is happening, not happening to me, not happening for, just happening. And again, my decision, my choice is, well, that really sucks. I certainly wasn't expecting that expectations. eh, Keep that bar (laughs) on the floor. You're always, you're always Always pleasantly surprised. (laughs) Keep it on the floor, my friend. Don't even raise it An inch. Don't even give yourself any room for something not to happen the way you think it's going to. When it's on the floor, the bar of expectation, everything will be like, oh, well, that certainly worked out now, didn't it? Or for me, I always look for, I know there's a lesson in everything. Now, a lot of years, a lot of work, a lot of curiosity, a lot of learnings is in this body. I know. Like, isn't this so interesting? Not what I was expecting, usually something better, but I can still be disappointed because I thought about some things and yet it does nine out of 10. Wow, isn't that so funny? Let me put those pieces back together. Let's go back to that little thread of, remember when I was like really mad and upset that that didn't really transpire? Oh, that's because this was waiting instead. And we think that we know best and or better, come for the ride.
1: Mm-hmm. But what I was
0: going to say with that expectation
1: bar, like you say, put it mm-hmm. on the floor, right? Mm-hmm. Get rid of it all together. When we have any type of perceived expectations of what is meant for us, what is coming down the line, we actually, it's like putting on blinders energetically. Mm -hmm. So the universe has unlimited potential, unlimited possibilities that we can't even imagine yet, Correct, right? In our tiny little human brains. Mm -hmm. And the second that we latch on to any specific outcome, we're putting on those blinders. We're doing everything, making all of those choices we can to line up with that expectation. We're blocking out so many things, like you said, even better Mm -hmm. by doing that. So we're actually hurting ourselves by putting that expectation on there. So I love your idea drop it to the floor. I would say just burn yep. it.
0: Burn that shit mm-hmm. <laughs> all together. <laughs> burn that shit. Exactly. Yeah. Leave your expectations at the door. We have people out there that are going to be hearing this and maybe for the first time. And are there some steps where they say, you know what, it's time. And how do I even... Begin because it's been a while since I've taken time for me, discovered me, put me first, let it be all about me, 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 me. Mm-hmm. How would one start?
1: So, I'm a big believer in baby steps. Mm-hmm. I think you do too much too fast, it doesn't stick. And I'm all about long term solutions. So, start small. What we often think is, let's say self-care, right? We're going to put ourselves mm-hmm. first. We jump usually to the whole self-care thing. And you say, well, I don't have an hour. I've got little kids. Or I don't have the money to go to the mm-hmm. spa. Or, whatever it is your expectations around self-care and putting yourself first is going to look like, you don't have to. You can, if you're a mom, you've got busy kids. If you can manage to go to the bathroom and shut the door and pee. As you should, as right? you should. They'll mm-hmm. be okay for the two mm-hmm. seconds or two minutes mm-hmm. it takes you to pee. And while you are in the bathroom, just breathe. Just come back to your breath. Put your hand on your heart. Just connect with your own body and breath. And that sounds like, a oh, big deal. I breathe all the time. Not like Mm-mm. this. You don't. No. You take 30 seconds, even if it's while you're peeing.
0: Mm-hmm. And you
1: connect to your body and you breathe. That little pocket of peace is going to give you self-care. That is putting yourself first. And maybe you can only do that five times throughout the day for 30 seconds at a time. That will move mountains if you do that consistently. If Mm. you're going to have a glass of water, hold the water in your hands, set an intention. I love myself. I deserve time to myself, whatever it is you want your intention to be. Two seconds, hands on it, put in the intention. Every time you take a sip from that water throughout the day, you're putting your own loving intention into your body. Oh, I love that. Mm. There are so many ways that are simple, that are free, that take Mm -hmm. the tiniest amount of time, and we just stack those, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe the first week, you connect your breath while you go to the bathroom. And then in a couple weeks, you're like, I'm ready for more. Then you do the water practice, And then maybe after that, you want to get into grounding, go outside, put your feet on the earth or touch a tree, right? Where we live, Mm -hmm. we get snow in the winter. So you Mm -hmm. might not want to go barefoot on the earth, put your hands onto a tree. You're going to receive the grounding energy from mother earth. Do that for again, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, and then go back to your busy day. And you are going to stack these beautiful practices. You're going to have more energy You're going to feel more connected to yourself. You're going to start to feel worthy, Hmm. then leaning into the bigger practices to put yourself first and to just figure out what it is that you want.
0: Love that. And I'm so glad you really break it down into, because that's the first thing most, who has time? You know how busy I am? I am busy, 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 busy and i know we all have the same 24 hours in the day it's really goes back to choice what do we decide we're going to do with that time absolutely and that is i've said it before on this show i still work a nine to five monday through friday but i go to the gym early in the morning before work only because that's the time for me i got to get up early i'm too tired after work to even think I don't even, I drive past it. I wouldn't even make an attempt, but, and everyone's like, oh my God, that's, you know, you wake up so early, but I didn't always, Right. I wanted to, I, you know, it takes a good month to, we start out at 5.30, now we're up to five in the morning. And now that school's back in session, we'll probably get into like a 4.45 time, but we just didn't wake up one day and say, okay, 4.45, you know, my neighbor be at my door, no, that was ultimate fail and we wouldn't even do that. So, you know, we, okay, so are we ready for 15 minutes next week? Let's try it. Exactly. And
1: that's you know, that's how massive change occurs in your life through one tiny, simple choice at a time.
0: Yeah, you can just carve it out. We have, I don't have extra, you know, like I, I didn't win extra time last week. No, it's just, Here's how I spent it. And even when mine were little, I used to have a, a, a woman around the corner from me who did nails and I used to have acrylic nails and she also had little kids, but she would do nails literally at 4.30 in the morning. Wow. And I would wake up at 4.30 or a quarter to five yeah. and I would drive around the corner mm-hmm. and I would get my nails done.
1: See, and that is you prioritizing what you want. Perfect someone yeah. else is going to say, I'd way rather have the sleep than the nails. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So you create a schedule that makes sleep a priority. Right. Whatever. And when sleep
0: becomes a priority, you want to really look at what's holding you up So late, The TV shows, you don't need to, you know, stay up till whatever time, if maybe start a half hour earlier to bed. That Goes a long way. It doesn't interfere too much with your sleep, with your sleep pattern. It's not that I'm just getting six hours of, oh no, I'm very protective of my sleep. I know how important <laughs> it is and how restorative it can be for my body. And 9, 9 30, I'm out. There are nights that we are out and I'm past my bedtime, and that's okay, but it's mm-hmm. not every night. Exactly. It's what works for you, what mm-hmm. you want
1: and prioritizing those things. And we need to stop looking at the person next to us, mm-hmm. what they're prioritizing, what we think we should be prioritizing. Right. right. That's how you create a life that you really are excited to wake up for. If you know that all of the things that really matter to you are gonna get covered in that day. And again, maybe not in as much time as you want, maybe not in the exact form that you would prefer down the road. Mm-hmm. But we always have the ability to give ourselves what we want and what we need in those moments when we put them as a priority
0: and it also it sounds like it goes a little hand in hand with I want to say releasing control (laughs) no that's a whole other (laughs) (laughs) thing that is that might be our part two I know I get you but and whenever I say that you know Janet Jackson uh, I'm in control yeah no that could be our part two And maybe maybe we'll do that like right around holiday time when we all decide we need the, the red cape and be the end all be all again, gold medal winner there and many a holiday of usually throw my back out, wind up crying. This sucks. Why are we even, I hate this holiday. Well, and meanwhile, it's my favorite holiday.
1: <laughs> yes. No, we okay. need to talk about that. <laughs> and it's probably been my biggest personal struggle this time around. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I would love to All talk right.
0: about it. It's, There'll be it's a part two. That, that's a promise. and And we already know now what we're, we're going to get right into it and control and why we think we need it. That's the whole other thing. But I want to be very respectful of your time. This has been, oh my goodness, so delightful. My heart is just busting. And I thank you, thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Oh, well, thank you. I could talk to you clearly. I know. But we'll we'll keep them wanting a little more. You know, okay. we're, we're not Joe Rogan yet and that's okay. We're not, I don't want anyone stuck in traffic. It'll just be, here's a little tidbit and then we're going to drop some more. We're going to drop some more truth in another in another episode. That would be lovely. Melanie, where are we going to find you? Where do you hang out? So the
1: two places I hang out the most are on Instagram at Melanie Hustis. It's a unique name. I'm easy to find. And my website is MelanieHustis.com.
0: And look at how easy she's made it for us, I'm <laughs> telling you. Now is, it's still plenty of time in the year and people may want to start maybe a review and as opposed to be like, oh, I didn't do anything that I wanted to do or that I set out to do. I think you'd be pleasantly surprised. And But when you start with just coming back to you, that's where she says the gold is. And I believe that. All right, guys, five stars. All I'm going to say, that's all I ever bring you. So five stars. And I would love to hear your thoughts on what you just heard. Website, joyfoundhere.com. Keep them coming. We really appreciate all of your support each and every week. I mean, 120 something episodes in this girl. I just couldn't be more appreciative. I really, really thank you for coming each and every week. Be well until next week.